I'm Michael Stavola. This is Inside Prison Walls, where we take a look at issues Kansas prisons face and get first-hand accounts of what prison life is like. Produced by the Hutchinson News. I read this email from Juliet Swedland, and right away I go and look up what a doula does, because I had in my mind something like a midwife. Yeah, I think the biggest difference is that a doula's number one role is to care for the mother. Doula literally means to serve. And so we are there to create the type of environment that she looks back on feeling completely supported. A doula is non-medical. We are there to provide physical and emotional and informational support. Juliet reached out to me about a story I did on being pregnant in prison. In that story, I talked with a Hutchinson woman named Alexa, who gave birth while she was incarcerated at the Topeka Correctional Facility. Our only correspondence was through emails, and I tried to get her to paint a picture for me of what it was like being an inmate and going into labor. I never thought to ask her if she had a doula, but if I did, I would have found out she had Juliet by her side. Juliet had a doula for her first childbirth in Seattle, and it changed what she wanted to do for her career. Even when I was a doula, I got a doula for my birth. (laughs) (laughs) And when you go, did you already have like your doula picked out? Did you know who was? Yeah, I had, you know, been in Kansas for about a year and gotten connected with other doulas in the area and was doing some part-time work for some doulas while I was pregnant, doing backup stuff. And Mm -hmm. um, we worked out a deal where they could be my doula. I actually scheduled my very first client when I was still living in Seattle. And our very first appointment, our very first prenatal appointment, was on my drive to Topeka. I stopped at her house before we made it to Topeka. <laughs> and were, were you guys a fit? Yeah, yeah we okay. were, yeah. <laughs> and so your first actual doula experience, I mean... It's got to be crazy compared to you even taking a class and telling them what you're going to yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I remember leaving that birth experience, the the mother's birth, feeling so sure that I had made the right decision in serving mothers this way. And it was within that first year of service as a doula that I started to really feel compelled to offer services to more vulnerable populations. The 36-year-old mother of two realized that there was a big need for this service for low-income women and women in prison. And so in May 2017, she started the Topeka Doula Project. I approached the um, correctional facility with this idea. Um, There are other prison doulas throughout the nation. And so I knew um, kind of a what the model looked like and wanted to recreate it here in Kansas. Right away, they took to it. Um, Because of the nature of working at the prison, they're not afforded the capacity of being able to be such a physical and emotional support to the inmates. Um, But all of the people I've spoken with really want the inmates to have that um, for their birth. So they, as a pregnant inmate comes through the facility, they are given my flyer and information about what I do, and 
they are given the option to move forward. And at that point, I um, set up a meeting with them. Is it different for working with a woman who's incarcerated? I mean, is it the same kind of just making sure you guys are a good fit for each other? Yep. That initial meeting is just kind of a get to know you, making sure they're, they understand the role of the doula and that they're comfortable with my being there. And most of them are. And uh, the prenatal appointments moving forward are discussions about how they are feeling, how their bodies are feeling, any discomforts that they're having. It would be a lot of discussion about anxieties that they have around both the labor and the postpartum period. And, and these women, they, I mean, they, they do have the anxiety. I mean, you're, you know your kid, you know your child is gone right after birth. Mothers in prison are hugely resilient, maybe because they have to be. So yes, to some degree, you can sense the anxiety, but they are capable of managing it with the right support. Another thing I will find myself talking with moms about in the prenatal period is adoption is sometimes offered as an option, but it's a very difficult option for so many reasons. Uh, But in the prison system... I have heard that other women are not kind to moms who choose adoption. We, we talk about kind of postpartum planning and how to maintain connection and a sense of bonding and attachment even when your baby isn't there. Um, whether they're doing a phone call or an in-person visit, reading that same book or singing a song to their baby that they did in, uh, in the prenatal phase kind of maintain the connection and bonding. Now, they they do accommodate, I think they get daily visits for the first six weeks, so they do try to accommodate that. that. Yeah, the bonding um, capabilities. They do have a wonderful little nursery space that's been provided, I think, from the United Methodist Women's Group. They've done a lot of uh, ministry in the prison system to help foster attachment and bonding between mothers and their babies. And women um, are able to receive daily visits from their babies for six weeks. There's a parenting class put on by the United Methodist Women's Mm -hmm. Group, um, and they can earn the ability to have those private meetings and use the um, nursery space to meet with their children. It's much more intimate. They can get down and use toys and books and interact. And their each room is kind of decorated in a different theme, mm-hmm. a childlike theme. And so it just kind of creates an environment that is conducive to play. I've not been privy to a visitation um, postpartum. Uh, I do get to hear stories of how happy it makes a mother to see her baby. After those six weeks of being able to see your child daily, uh, your child is now considered a a typical um, guest. So they can have weekly meetings at that point. And that's hugely difficult on a mother's heart. How do you get contacted by them for when you must be have to go at a, I'm sure you've had to get up in the middle of the night or kind of crazy hours to be able to. Yeah, you know, birth happens whenever it happens. Um, in the prison system in Kansas, uh, women are uh, scheduled inductions or C-sections about a week prior to their due date. And so there is a little more scheduling involved in the t- than the typical birth. 
so I have some idea about when I'm expected to be there. And what does giving birth from somebody who's incarcerated look like? I mean, are there officers there? Is it, are they handcuffed to the bed? I know it sounds crazy, but... um, Luckily in Kansas, there is no shackling law. There are states in the United States that do have shackling, uh, that do shackle women when they're in birth, incarcerated women. But in Kansas, that's not done. Um, Depending on the level of security, there may be an officer in the room, but they're just, they're not a support role. They're just there to keep an eye on things. But um, if it's minimum security, there's usually no officer in the room. When you're working with the women in the prison, is there a, a higher rate of uh, miscarriages or anything like that? I- yeah, birth risks are, um, there's a higher percentage of women who are considered high risk and have high risk pregnancies. So many of the births that I'm attending um, are scheduled C-sections. There are um, higher instance of preeclampsia and other birth, um, negative birth outcomes. Uh, so disproportionate to the general population. Generally speaking, they have experienced more trauma in their life um, for a number of different reasons. And that trauma and the stress of that trauma can carry over into pregnancy. And post, what happens after the childbirth? Postpartum, checking in on how mom is adjusting, um, being a space for her to feel and be vulnerable. I mean, as you can imagine, prison isn't a place where vulnerability is accepted very easily. I do think that uh, when you're a pregnant woman or a, a new mother in prison that you are afforded their vulnerability a little bit more, but uh, just being a safe space where they can chat about anything, really, not necessarily just about the birth, but about how they're moving forward as well. Curiosity. Do you look up what, you know, what they're there for? No, I don't feel like that's my role. And I don't feel like it is necessary for me to know to provide the services I do. Some women offer up what they're in there for. These women who are incarcerated, I would think a lot of times, some of them are lucky enough. Alexa, in her case, seems to have a a family who's supportive of her. Um, But I would think a lot of women, they're probably on their own. You know, most women do have people who want to be supportive. I think the biggest challenge is when they are having to relinquish their children, their babies, 24 hours after giving birth to them, Um, Because this is the only correctional facility in Kansas, oftentimes their babies are being cared for by family members who are two, three, four hours away from the prison. And so they're having to wait until they're released or or not really see their babies all that often until they're released. And I think that's probably the hardest part in terms of what support is available. In your experiences working with the women in the prison, do they usually have someone? Yes, most women will have somebody come and and be able to be with them. And so uh, you don't really get to work with them ahead of time, though. No, I'm meeting them for the first time, usually in the in the uh, labor and delivery room. 
And so how do you guys end up raising money for you to be able to provide those services? You know, we're um, that is our biggest challenge and that we're continually working on ways to do that. Uh, I have some background in fundraising and doing some uh, community fundraising, and we're going to be scheduling events over the next year to try to improve our fundraising efforts. We're also going to be looking at grant opportunities, uh, both locally in Topeka, in Kansas, and federally as well. I think for the nonprofit, I'd really like to secure funding that will enable us to train more doulas. Mm -hmm. I foresee even the opportunity to train women that have been incarcerated and pregnant and train them to provide this service to other women who are incarcerated. I would love to see a program like that um, and help create that for Kansas. I connected with Juliet a couple months after she came to visit. And she told me about a day trip to Lake Shawnee. Juliet brought her children to meet with Alexa and other inmates who were there on a day trip with their children. Alexa had the top of her hair braided that day, but left the bottom untouched since Angel liked to pull at it. She stayed inside the lake cabin and played on a blanket with Angel. It was too sunny for him to be outside. Then Alexa gave Angel back to her parents, and her and the other women went back to the prison. Alexa was released in October. So Juliet doesn't see her anymore when she goes to the prison. But she can take a sense of pride knowing that she helped with the bonding between Alexa and her baby. I see childbirth as hugely transformational and an opportunity for a mother to feel empowered and cared for and carry that care into her um, role as a mother and into um, her life moving forward from that birth. People want to reach out and learn more or get involved or even donate to Topeka Doula Project. You can check out our website, topekadoula.org, or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening to Inside Prison Walls, a production of the Hutchinson News. We'll visit more insiders, so come back for more episodes. Learn more at hutchnews.com and follow Hutchinson News on Facebook and on Twitter.